Okay, afternoon again, folks. This podcast is about the continuing exploration of the code of practice of the Police and Criminal Evidence Act 1984. This one is on Code of Practice D, which, as you know by now, because you've been paying attention in lessons, concerns the identification of persons by police officers, and really, it should say, by police officers and others. Okay, so what does this thing cover? Okay, well, really, it is, as it says, it's about the identification of um, potential suspects. And this doesn't just mean eyewitness evidence, uh, you know, looking at videos, photographs, or lineups. It also includes uh, fingerprints, DNA samples, uh, even footprint samples. Basically, anything that can identify an individual is included within Code of Practice D. So, what do the police have to do? Well, in terms of uh, just telling what roles and responsibilities are, rather what duties the police are under, um, as with every single Code of Practice, Um, the police are under um, an obligation to eliminate unlawful discrimination, harassment, victimization, and any other similar conduct, um, and also respect all protected characteristics, uh, and to foster good relations between the police and communicate, and of course not to discriminate, harass, or victimize any person for any reason. Now, That's what the police have to do. Everything within Code D is all about ensuring that um, the eyewitness evidence and evidence of identification is robust so that it it can, you know, evidentially it's a really good product. And this even includes um, aural evidence. So if somebody merely heard a voice, they can, you know, they can be, played recordings of um, a sound lineup of a group of people, or they can actually attend uh, an identity parade where the individual simply speaks. Okay, so anything and everything that helps to identify somebody is in here. Okay, that really is as much as you need to know in terms of what it covers and what the, the police must do. How is it useful for an investigation? Well, it's pretty obvious that if you want to uh, identify a suspect, you know, um, you know, and prosecute them, then identification is a pretty central part of that. And anything that can identify them, such as fingerprints, DNA, you know, eyewitness testimony, is really going to help um, get a conviction, provided that the evidence concerning that identification has been collected fairly and reasonably and in accordance with code of practice D. Okay, given this is so short, I'm kind of minded to go on to codes of practice E and F. Now, why be, why should David be thinking about doing two of these? Well, because code E and F are really closely related. 
Cody is about the oral audio recording of interviews with suspects uh, in police stations, whereas Code F is about the visual recording with sound interviews. Okay, it should be stated there is no statutory requirement for the police to video uh, interviews under caution, but it is common practice to do so. So, pretty much everything I'm going to say relates to both codes. Okay, so um, as we know from Code of Practice C, that all interviews, uh, all interviews under caution, well, they must be contemporaneously recorded. That means every word is recorded. Now, in the old days, this was done by hand, and it led to incredibly stilted interviews that took forever. But then technology caught up, and police were able to use first tape recorders and then CDs and latterly DVDs to record um, interviews. Now, what must the police do? Uh, it goes without saying that um, the powers in the code, as must be this applies to all codes of practice. The powers must be used fairly responsibly with respect to the people whom they apply and without unlawful discrimination, harassment, victimization, etc., etc. Okay, so you've got to use them fairly and reasonably and not discriminate against anyone. Now, what does the code actually cover? Well, the code is, is very technical and it's really about who keeps control of the media that the interviews is recorded on, uh, the kind of equipment that must be used. Um, and again, it goes for both E and F. As a rule, when you're going to be recording, uh, what you would do is in the interview, uh, in front of the interviewee, you would unseal the media you're going to be recording on. So say if it's DVDs, you will um, unwrap two CDs. They can be CDs you buy from, blank CDs you can buy from, you know, any IT store. But they need to be unwrapped so that the interviewee and anyone with them, such as their legal advisor, can see that they have been unwrapped. They're then placed into the uh, recording device and the recording device, both, both CDs are put in. Uh, and I'll explain why. One CD will be used by the investigator um, to transcribe the interview. So a typist will listen to the um, CD and type up everything that's been said and the other cd well when that comes out that is put back into the cd box um, a seal is signed it's basically a very long thin piece of paper where everyone present signs dates it and then that seal is applied to the box containing the what's called the master copy that means that the, the master copy is sealed in there. The seal is only broken either in the court during the trial or under special circumstances that you, you don't actually need to know about, not for, for BTEC. Okay, so um, 
that really is what the codes are are saying. Um, there are also into there's also rules about if the interviewee refuses to sign the seal um, and it states the procedure that must be gone through and that um, a, a record must be kept of the uh, person's refusal. Uh, there's also scope that a notice will be given to the interviewee uh, advising them how they can get uh, a copy of the media that has been used. Um, there's also rules and regulations uh, covering failure of recording equipment um, and, and a few other little really housekeeping measures. But essentially, that's code ENF. Now, we've covered what it is, or rather what the codes cover. We've covered um, some of what the police have to do. But how is this useful in an investigation? Well, you know, when we go back and we look at uh, the miscarriages of justice cases that we examined, there were an awful lot of issues concerning interviews and how unfairly interviews were conducted. You know, oppression, coercion, threats, and, and sometimes actual physical violence. Now, if you have got a recording, that prevents officers not only from doing this, but also realistically from being accused of doing so, so that the evidence re of the interview really can't be be questioned, its validity cannot be questioned by the defence. So this is really helping the investigation because anything that the interviewee says within the interview, they can't say, oh no, they made me say that. Um, I should have said there's actually within the recording, um, when the recording is made onto the, the CD tapes or, or DVD, what actually happens is there are two recordings are made simultaneously. One recording relates to the interview, so it's picking up everything that is said by everyone in the interview. The other recording is of a little electronic voice that is um, put onto the CD uh, by the recording equipment itself, and it will speak in sort of five or ten second intervals, so it will say something like five seconds. 10 seconds. This is a safeguarding feature. It stops uh, investigators from cutting, uh, trans cutting the, the media so that, in, you know, so that instead of somebody says no, um, it's getting them, you know, you can't have them saying yes to something so that the evidence can't be falsified. And this also protects the, the interviewing officer because if anyone alleges that this has happened, well, that electronic voice protects them. Okay, so folks, uh, that was it. Uh, relatively short and sweet. Uh, three codes covered in one. You lucky people.